What's up, haters? I'm Rick Hunter, and this is I Hate My Job, the podcast where we talk about work. Restaurant, retail, and other jobs will be discussed. I currently work in a restaurant, so there'll be a lot of talk about that, but I will also cover issues and frustrations from other job types as well. Today's podcast is about inspections, every restaurant worker's worst nightmare. If you have worked in a restaurant, you know what I'm talking about. The threat of the EcoSure guy coming, or the StareTech guy. Not so much the state health and fire inspectors, because they're usually cool and reasonable. But there are inspectors that cause fear in a restaurant manager or worker's heart, because the price of failure is usually termination, or the threat of termination. How many times have you gone to work and the manager was freaking out because EcoSure was due? EcoSure is due, and if they show up and see any of this mess, we are all totally screwed. The GM is on a final warning pip for EcoSure, and if they fail this one, then that's it. They're without a job, and their kids and families are going to have to fend for themselves. No new bike for Timmy. No prom dress for little Susie. That's it. You're fired. The first thought that comes to mind is, well, just do a good job and do things by the book, and you should have no problems passing this inspection. But it's never that simple. Many inspectors show up during peak periods of lunch and breakfast, and sometimes dinner as well. Those peak hours are a nightmare to get inspected because things are usually barely survivable during those times. Everything feels desperate, and any distractions could lead to mistakes and slowdowns that will unleash the full wrath of the public that you're trying to serve. Every restaurant should be clean enough to pass an inspection is an argument that most executive managers would make, but they never take into account the real situations that go on in most stores. Labor is always a concern, so you trim the labor as close as you can to try to appease the labor standards and hit your goals, maybe earn a bonus. But if you meet those standards, it's very difficult to pass inspections when your staff is barely able to serve guests as well as properly work through the worksheets and checklists and logs that are required to be done every day in order to pass an inspection. A huge part of management has to do with stepping back seeing how the business is running and making adjustments to get the tasks done. That's increasingly hard when you don't have the manpower to enable that oversight. Managers get locked into a position. They stretch themselves and others in order to survive the peak, and then they use any extra time to comb over the details and make sure that the store is inspection worthy. This is essential to passing an an inspection like EcoSure. A phrase that I hear all the time is, inspect what you expect, which usually means you have to do an inspection of your own every day to get what you expect on your inspection. Too often this is not possible due to time constraints. The daily inspection is still required, but is often pencil whipped in order to show compliance with corporate standards. Why would anyone pencil whip a temperature log on a daily walkthrough? Obviously, our first thoughts turn to laziness and that can certainly play a factor. But sometimes walkthroughs and checklists can include hundreds of items that have to be inspected. Some of them take minutes to complete. Multiplying the hundreds of items times the amount of time it takes to properly check them could add up to hours of inspecting. So let me ask you this. What manager has hours to inspect their own store uninterrupted in order to achieve the standards that are required by their corporate overlords? These inspectors are also highly trained. Many of them have bachelor's degrees or higher education. These inspectors are checking up on workers that often have half the amount of education than the person they are inspecting.
They are often snarky about things that have to do with extensive knowledge such as disease names, bacteria characteristics, and advanced knowledge of health codes. One would think that if someone works in a restaurant, they should be familiar with all of this information. But there is often no incentive for them to do so. Why would a teenager making eight twenty-five an hour be interested in learning the health code? Odds are they're planning on quitting the job soon anyways. Don't get me wrong, inspections are required to ensure that things are clean and safe and sanitary for guests and persons of compromised immunity. But the price of failure seems all too high. No one deserves to lose their job because of a bad day, a bad rush, or any other reason like that if they are a devoted and hardworking employee. State health inspectors often recognize this and tend to give more leeway. Is the violation an everyday practice, or is it a fluke or accident or oversight? This is the type of judgment that state inspectors use when assessing your operation. Corporate inspectors who make no such concessions are quick to throw the book at you for any indiscretions. Often they are hired by the company that they are inspecting and paid a premium to do so. Oftentimes they receive training from those companies to find out what they want to be cited and what their standards are. This is also why their own standards are so high. There's nothing wrong with high standards, but we are increasingly seeing unattainable standards in the restaurant industry. And when we can't meet them, we're told that we are the problem. Then they throw us away and start over with a new vessel that they will have to train to meet their inspection standards. And no matter how much they learn or how hard they work, when it's time for an inspection, everyone is expendable. When a restaurant fails an inspection, that inspection goes up the corporate chain to executive managers. These managers are graded on the performance of their stores. Despite having little to no involvement in the day-to-day -day activities of the store, the best tactics the executives have to make improvements in their inspections and up their met metrics is to push accountability. That means you get good numbers or you're removed from the position and the next person gets a shot. And when I say good numbers, I don't mean better than average. I mean nearly perfect. It's not uncommon to have a restaurant fail an EcoSure inspection and still have a score as high as 89%, possibly higher. That's because the restaurant's executives set a standard that they want to employ in all of their stores, which usually means a minimum of 90% is commonly required to pass. Some even give out performance improvement plans or PIPs to managers that score below 95%. All this leads to a heavy weight on the manager's shoulders, who is also working the longest hours, managing aspects of the business from home, and also responsible for several other metrics. Now I'm not here to say that the whole system is BS. Far from it. Inspections are necessary to ensure everyone gets safe healthy food. Many persons with compromised immunity or at-risk populations could get very sick from food not handled properly. No one wants themselves or their loved ones to suffer from foodborne illness. I'm merely raising the point that sometimes these inspections can seem more of a gotcha system in place to weed out the weak links and cover everyone's behind on the corporate ladder and nothing works better at fixing issues according to the corporate than enforcing accountability. Someone has got to lose their job over this, and it's usually the store manager on the front lines dealing with all the tasks of running a business, from the complex to the mundane, and that is the first head to roll. But it's been my experience that this process has rarely seen lasting results. Most managers that I've come to know are good at passing inspections, 
but do so by bending the rules, covering up truths and turning their demeanor, tuning their demeanor to hopefully woo the inspector to their side. To, to me, this negates the purpose of the health inspection. I've seen managers change labels on products daily to keep from seeming like they have expired food and wasting it, to temperature logs pen pencil whipped. Dishes are often not washed during inspection for fear that the dishwasher will make a mistake and cost the score their grade. They still wash dishes and break some health standards, but they do so when the inspector is not there, so there's no issue with it. Utensils and cleaners that may be forbidden to be used in food service may be hidden in the office or the cars of managers when inspectors come calling. I've, I've even seen stores that will wrap up expired food in trash bags, put it in a trash bin, only to take it out once again when the inspectors leave. These managers that break these rules are not bad people. Their job is simply at risk for too many factors. Inspection, food cost, labor, surveys. Holding bacon past the 30 minute hold time could cost the manager their job, but wasting that same bacon could also cost them their job. So decisions are made to cover the truth and look good and pass an inspection, but the root cause is rarely addressed. What could be done to improve this? I think that a different approach is needed to solve health concerns other than a gotcha program. Real change comes from training. Having knowledgeable people in the stores to find out what is being done wrong and to make a plan to do it better. This coaching should not be a once every few months or years type of thing, but ongoing. You can't inspire change from a one day visit every few weeks or months. No matter what restaurant you work in, there can be weeks or months that pass before you see a district manager, and these are the persons responsible for deciding if your store manager on the front lines is going to keep their job or not. So with that being said, I would like for you all to think about this the next time you go to a restaurant. Even if the service is slow or not optimal, remember that there is a person there who is risking it all just to bring you your food, and one wrong move on their part will cost them their livelihood and also affect their families and the people they care about. Maybe we could all be a little kinder. Patience and kind words go a long way to a person who is already putting it all on the line just to bring you a meal. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of I Hate My Job. Become a hater by subscribing so you can get updates on all of our future episodes. I Hate My Job is part of the N430 Podcast Network, produced by myself, I'm Rick Hunter, from the Nerd Cave. Check out my other podcast, N430 Comic Book Review, by searching for it on your favorite podcast network. So, until next time, I'm Rick Hunter, and this is I Hate My Job. Thanks for listening.